On today's show, we're previewing the series between the Yankees and the Guardians. We'll be talking about the Yankees' all-stars and possible all-stars, plus a discussion about how they did in June. Spoiler alert, they did really well. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. It is Friday, July 1st, otherwise known as Bobby Bonilla Day. And I know Met fans hate that, but we can't help making fun of it. Even though he's not the only guy with a deferred contract, there's a whole list of guys and no one ever makes fun of them, but it's just because it's a Mets thing. Anyway, happy Bobby Bonilla Day to all who celebrate. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also feel free to comment if you feel so inclined. Thank you for all the people who comment on every show. Appreciate it. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. I'm going to apologize for two things. One, I think I'm getting sick and I feel it in my nose. So I may start, I don't know, something's happening. So I'll apologize for that. And I'm going to apologize for the fact that I'm in a room with no AC. So if I start to look like I have that glazed donut look that people usually get from working out, I'm getting it from sweating. So, and also call 911 if you notice me faint. Thank you. So, the Yankees lost to the Astros last night. Whatever. Like, I really don't care. I don't care. I know everyone else does. I know people are flipping out. The Astros own us. They can't beat them. They're always beating up on us. 2-1 is not a beating up on. The Yankees just can't hit their pitching for some reason. But I would like to point out because I pointed this out to a couple of friends yesterday. The 1998 Yankees went 5-6 and six against the Anaheim Angels. Did that matter in the long run? No. There's always one team that has your number when you're a good team. It just happens that way. So it happens to be the Astros. And who knows? Because the regular season usually doesn't matter. Because there are a lot of times when teams... I mean, there are exceptions. But there are teams that tend to beat up on certain teams in the regular season. And then get beaten in the playoffs. The Yankees have seen that happen to themselves. I'm not worried yet. I said this the other day. I care more about in division. And right now the Yankees are doing really well in division. And they're doing really well overall. They were 22 and six in June. That's with that really scary stretch of 17 games that they finished 12 and five. I will take that all the time. And yes, I know three of the losses were against the Astros. Who cares? Stop worrying about it. Worry about the Astros again in October. Because I'm not even worried about the doubleheader that they have to make up after the All-Star break. It'll be fine, everyone. The Yankees went 4-2 and two against the Astros last year. No one talks about that. It wasn't a big deal that they went 2 out of 3 in both series against them. It's always a big deal when the Astros beat the Yankees, but no one cares when the, Ast uh, the Yankees beat the Astros. Don't worry about it. Now, I will say it was kind of funny. Um, my brother this morning was like, oh, did you hear that 
the Astros were trying to hack into the Yankees Pitchcom. I'm like, what? I don't think that's really what happened. I think something happened with Pitchcom while they were in Minute Maid Park, but I don't think the Astros were doing it. The Astros cannot be stupid enough to try and cheat again, can they? No. They wouldn't do that. No. I'm being serious. I don't think they would do that. I think it was just some weird... Maybe it was a Wi-Fi problem. We all know about Wi-Fi problems. So yeah, the Yankees dropped the game 2-1 yesterday. Couldn't get any big hits other than Rizzo hitting a home run. And it's fine. Everyone needs to calm down. So... Yankees are in Cleveland this weekend, and then they're off for 4th of July. Now, the 4th of July show, I am thinking of doing a Yankee doodle dandies and uh, what was the other word I was looking for? Oh, duds, because there have been some 4th of July games for the Yankees that are not good, and then some that were good, you know, like Dave Rigetti almost 40 years ago. So I think that's what the show is going to be about, um, other than recapping what happens this weekend we'll do a fun segment since the yankees aren't playing on fourth of july again why i'm not the only one who feels this way there are a lot of people when they found out the yankees of all teams aren't playing on the fourth of july had the same reaction i did when i saw that they weren't playing on the fourth of july it's sacrilege how dare you not let the yankees play on the fourth of july i'm thankful for the off day but just schedule things better next time people who schedule these things so tonight, 7-10 start at Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. It's an Amazon Prime game. So it's not an Apple TV game. I believe the Astros and Angels are tonight. So Garrett Cole goes into this game with his 6-2 record, 2.99 ERA, 111 strikeouts. Good job, Garrett Cole. And I want to make sure I'm saying this right. I think I am, but let's just double check this because I don't want to screw this up because as someone with a funky last name I was right okay Aaron Savale two and four with a 7.20 ERA 39 strikeouts and that is in nine games 40 innings Overall, for his career, he's 21-19 and 19 with a 4.23 ERA. Let's look at his last few starts just to see how his ERA got that high. Hmm. All right, he lost his last game against Boston. He lasted only four innings, gave up three runs on eight hits, walked three, struck out two. His last win was on May 20th against Detroit. He did pretty well there. I believe he's coming back from an injury because there's a month between his... 520 start and 520, uh, 621 start against Minnesota. Okay, that makes sense. Um, he didn't give up a run in six and one-third innings against Detroit. Only gave up three hits, one walk, three strikeouts. So it'll be interesting to see which pitcher the Yankees get tonight. As for Derek, I almost said Derek Cole, and I've done that before. I don't know why. It's as if I want to say Derek Jeter. Why? They're not even the same position. Garrett Cole's 6-2 record and 2.99 ERA are in 15 games, 87 and one-third innings of work, and that's 111 strikeouts in 87 and one-third innings. So yeah, Garrett Cole is having a good year, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Shocking. Of course not. Everyone has that myth in their head that Garrett Cole has been a bad pitcher since the Sticky Stuff ban, which is patently untrue. Do you remember the complete game against 
Houston last July. Hello. That was before the All-Star break and well after the Sticky Stuff ban. I don't like how people treat Garrett Cole. We're lucky to have Garrett Cole on this team. Yankee fans. So you need to realize that. And, oh, let's... I forgot about the matchups. Let's just see how the players do against the two starting pitchers. Now, the Yankees haven't really faced him that much. The biggest sample size, batting-wise, uh, Aaron Judge, 10 at-bats, he's batting 300. DJ LeMahieu also has 10 at-bats against Savali, and he's batting 400 with two runs batted in. Now, Anthony Rizzo is the only one of the regulars, or the possible regulars, who has a home run against him. In seven at-bats, he's batting 429. As for the Guardians batters against Garrett Cole, Jose Ramirez, in 14 at-bats, is batting 357 with two home runs and four runs batted in. And he's the only one with a home run off Cole. So in a moment, we'll continue the preview of this series in Cleveland, which begins tonight. But first... Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Oh, I didn't get the new odds for the Yankees because I was getting the monthly numbers about how they were going to finish and how things had improved month by month because of how well they've done. So. I'll have that for you on Monday. So betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So let's continue this preview. So on Saturday, it's a 6:10 start. Okay, it's not anything other than yes, no streaming service needed for this. Nestor Cortez against Tristan McKenzie. Cortez has sputtered in his last three starts, as we've all seen. His ERA is still a very good 2.51. He has 85 strikeouts. He's 6-3 on the year. And that is in... 79 innings on the nose. Now, I spoke about how the Yankees want to limit his innings and make sure that he's not pitching too much. I feel like Nestor Cortez doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't think he needs to be limited. And honestly, he doesn't throw that hard. I get the pitchers get tired and stuff, but it's not like he's throwing 99 all the time. And needs to rest his arm. And I feel like in his last few starts, he's losing what made him so good. The deception, um, the legwork, you know, before he makes a pitch. Like he's, I feel like he's not doing that. And he, he needs to revert back to that. And I don't understand what is happening his last few starts. But hopefully we'll get good Nestor tonight. Because his last three starts... Um, well, okay, I shouldn't say last three. Last two starts, and then the start against Minnesota, which was one of the only losses the Yankees had in June <laughs> that helped them to that 22-6 and six record. Um, that start wasn't great, wasn't terrible, but he only lasted five and one-third, and he hasn't gone past that 
since then. Against Houston, he didn't get the decision on the 26th. He lasted five innings, gave up three runs in those five innings, still had seven strikeouts. So it's not like he's doing terribly. It's just he's not as dominant as he was in April and May, and that stands to reason. I don't think anyone expected Nestor Cortez to be as insanely good as he was in the beginning of the season. As for Tristan McKenzie, he's 4-6 and six with a 4.03 ERA in 13 games. No, excuse me, 14 games, 13 starts. That's 80 and one-third innings. He has 73 strikeouts in those 80 and one-third innings. His last three starts against Minnesota on the 27th, he pitched six innings, gave up seven runs on eight hits with one walk, seven strikeouts, got the loss. That was the 27th against Minnesota. On the 22nd against Minnesota, in Minnesota, he gave up six runs on nine hits in only four and one-third innings. And on the 16th against Colorado, he got the win, pitched six innings, only gave up one run on seven hits. And as for the matchups for these two... Marvin Gonzalez has only faced McKenzie twice, but he does have a home run in that one. His one hit is a home run with two runs batted in. And as for the Guardians against Nestor Cortez, Miles Straw, five at bats against him. He's batting zero, zero, zero. Yeah, not a big sample size at all. Josh Naylor in two at-bats, has one home run and two runs batted in. So he's the Marwin Gonzalez against Nestor Cortez, as Marwin Gonzalez is against Tristan McKenzie. So that's how that works out. And then on Sunday, 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 July 3rd, because again, no game on July 4th, Jordan Montgomery looks to rebound from his iffy start the last time. Although, as I said, after that start, at least he lasted a while and kept the Yankees in it. He is 3-1 with a 3.27 ERA, 64 strikeouts. Zach Plesak, or yeah, Plesak or Plesak? Because I grew up with people who were Plesak, and then I know, um, the oh, what's his name? The former player was Plesak. So I apologize if I said that wrong, Zach. He's 2-5 with a 3.86 ERA, and that is in 79 and one-third innings, 14 starts. Jordan Montgomery has pitched 85 and one-third innings, 15 starts. Again, his last start was that start against Oakland, which was kind of rough, but he still lasted six and two-thirds, even though he gave up those five runs in that one inning. And he did get that elusive win against Toronto back on the 17th. But his last three outings, he's lasted at least six innings. So even though he's given up more runs than we would like to see because he gave up four runs against Tampa on the 22nd, he's still lasting a while. And that's a big key for the Yankee starters, that even if they're having a meh start, if they stay in the game, keep the other team from scoring too much more, you know, because Jameson Tyone did that the other day, too. Um, he only went five, but he allowed the three runs and then didn't allow anything after that. So... That seems to be working out for the Yankees this year so far, which is why they're winning so many games. Now, as for matchups, Joey Gallo has a home run against Plesak. Marwin Gonzalez has one. Aaron Hicks has one. Aaron Judge has one. DJ LeMayhew has one. Gleyber Torres has one. Interesting. 
And as for the Guardians against Jordan Montgomery, they haven't seen him a lot. Luke Mayle, five at-bats. He's batting 400. Jose Ramirez has six at-bats against Jordan Montgomery, only batting 167. So we'll see which so we'll see which Jordan Montgomery shows up on Sunday. Again, if he can last six innings again and limit the damage, it gives the Yankees a chance to win. And that's all you want. But it's a new month, everyone. July 1st. Can't believe it. That's just how how is that possible? I said this the other day when July 1st was approaching. I thought to myself, how is it the end of June? Well, now it's the beginning of July. We're here. All-Star break is in a couple of weeks, three weeks, right? Because it's kind of late this year. And yeah, just it's crazy. And speaking of that, let's look at the Yankees because they have some guys who should be heading to the All-Star game. Now, Aaron Judge was the leading vote getter in the American League. He actually got almost 400,000 more votes than Mike Trout, who was the runner-up. Ronald Acuna Jr. was the leading vote getter in the NL over Mookie Betts, but his margin was fewer than 24,000 votes. So, yeah, that's crazy. And he had the most of any player. He had 3,762,498 votes. Acuna Jr. had 3,503,188 votes. Amazing. Now, there is a second phase of the All-Star voting, which I, I don't understand. Just vote for these guys. Like, what is going on right now? I just think it's so ridiculous that they're breaking it down into phases and that you can vote for some people like, you know, they're finalists and stuff. But hey, the Yankees do have some finalists, so vote for them, everyone. The Blue Jays have seven finalists advancing to phase two. The Braves have five. So the American League catcher finalists, Alejandro Kirk and Jose Trevino. Guys, get Jose Trevino into the All-Star game. Alejandro Kirk is having a really good year. No offense to him, he really is, but I want Jose Trevino in there because I'm a homer. Hello. First base finalists are Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Ty France of Seattle. Second base, Altuve and Espinal of Toronto. Um, You know where Altuve is. He's, you know, a nightmare. Third base, the finalists are Jose Ramirez of the Guardians, who we'll be seeing this weekend, and Rafael Devers of Boston. Shortstop, Bo Bichette. Is Bo Bichette having that good a year? I don't know. Tim Anderson is the other finalist. And then for outfield, Mike Trout, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Vote for Stanton, people. Do your thing. Designated hitter Jordan Alvarez or Shohei Otani. Vote for Shohei Otani. What are you doing? We never get to see him on national TV because the Angels are not great. And he's doing amazing things. And this was a discussion. Um, someone made a really funny tweet. I don't know if it was last season or the year. Um, last season or earlier this season. But they were joking about how there were always these tweets about how awesome Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are in a game. Like, he'll, Shohei Otani will strike out, like, 13 and 
well, not really, but you know what I mean. And Trout will hit two home runs, and then the Angels will lose like 10-4. That was the joke of the, the tweet, but it's true. And I've said this many times on this show. It's, it's their fault because they chose to be with the Angels and stay with the Angels. Trout had, he could have not signed that giant deal to stay with the Angels, and Otani could have picked any other team. And they're not surrounding them with good enough players to win anything right now. And you're wasting Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. These guys should be on national TV all the time. And they're not. So vote them into the All-Star game. Well, maybe not Trout. Or no, maybe Trout. There'll be enough room for... Because I don't think it's one outfielder going, right? Hold on. Oh, yes. Okay. You vote for two of them. So vote for Stanton and vote for Trout to play the uh, All-Star game. Okay. I thought so, because there's four finalists for the outfield, two for all the other positions, which makes sense. Okay. I got it. Um, Yeah. So vote for Trout. Vote for Shohei Otani. Vote for Stanton. And vote for Trevino. It'd be nice to have some Yankees represented. They are the best team in baseball. Hello? Anyway, <laughs> speaking of that, so they went 22-6 and six in June. Look, no one expected that. People were expecting, they were expecting them to do okay in June. I think people were thinking that May and April were kind of a fluke, that the Yankees would fall back to earth. So far, oh, I don't have wood near me. Hold on. That hasn't happened. They haven't really fallen back to earth. Like, yes, their week, this past week, wasn't as dominant as weeks from the past. But, as I said, that 17-game stretch that scared the bejesus out of me when I saw it on the schedule, they finished 12-5. and 12-5. People were probably expecting them to finish 9-8, and eight, but they finished 12-5. and five. So there's six losses in June. As I said, three of them were to Houston. They had that one loss against the Twins. That was the Nestor Cortez start. They lost that 10-9 game to the Blue Jays. They lost the 5-4 game to the Rays. And then the three losses to the Astros. So all good teams, but they didn't lose any of those series. They split the one with the Astros. And they still can win the series against the Astros in Minute Maid Park if they sweep that doubleheader that's after the All-Star break. So things aren't over. You know what I mean? There's still a chance for them to call... There's still a chance for them to come back strong and rested after the All-Star break and sweep Houston in Minute Maid Park. It can happen. I'm not guaranteeing that it will, but it is a possibility. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so right now, with their 56-21 and 21 record, their playoff odds are 99.9 to make the postseason. I really hope they don't screw up so much that they don't make the postseason. 24.2% to win the World Series. So they've allowed 234 runs. And they've scored 384. Which is amazing. Honestly, um, I spoke about the run differential yesterday on the show 
and how far ahead they are. Houston is plus 73. The Yankees are at plus 150. It's absolutely insane. The record against teams that are over 500 is now 24 and 12, which is by far the best of anyone. And as I said, this last stretch, they're only six and four in their last 10. But Boston is eight and two in their last 10, and they're still 12 and a half behind. And they're still tied with Toronto. And they're tied with Toronto right now for second place in the AL East. So the Yankees are in good shape right now. And hopefully, no offense to Cleveland, who's not bad. They're just over 500. They're 39 and 34. But they're four and six in their last 10. They are on a two-game winning streak. But Cleveland is 13 and 19 against teams that are over 500. They're 19 and 15 at home, which also is not bad. But the Yankees are 34 and 9 at home. It's a big difference. And Cleveland is pretty much playing to their expected win-loss record because, as I said, they're 39 and 34. And they should be 38 and 35. So they're very close to where they should be. And the Yankees at 56 and 21, the level they're playing at is 55 and 22. So they're hovering around the same thing as well. So it should be interesting to see how the Yankees do this weekend. It's the last series before a much-needed day off. Hopefully, you know, they won't hit a wall. (laughs) It almost felt like they did yesterday, but I don't know. They looked okay against the A's. You know, uh, the A's are so bad that I I kind of was expecting another Cubs series because the Yankees really beat up on the Cubs, except for that close game on the Friday. But the other two games, they really beat up on them. And I was kind of expecting them to do the same against the A's and they didn't. So, um, but the Yankees... In recent history, you know, some of those guys like playing in progressive field. I know Giancarlo Stanton likes hitting home runs in that place. So maybe it'll be a good weekend for the Yankees. So before we go, Monday is an off day for the Yankees. Not for us. We'll be uh, on the air. And as I said, we'll be reviewing this series and we'll be doing Yankee Doodle Dandies and Yankee Doodle Duds. Because as I said earlier in the show... I'm thinking of one particular July 4th game against Cleveland, of all teams, that was horrifically bad. Horrific. It was really bad. So we'll have to talk about that on the next show. Talk about the series and then preview. No, we won't preview the Yankees playing the Pirates. We'll do that on Tuesday. So yeah, that'll be Monday's show. And if you're around, listen and watch. But I know it's 4th of July. You know, who's going to want to listen to a podcast? If the weather is nice where you are, you'll want to be outside and celebrate. Or you can listen to the podcast outside. That would work. If you're swimming in a pool or something, maybe do that. That'd be great for you and for me. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube as well. Hit the bell notification so you know when our videos go live. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB Prospects. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB 
MLB prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy the holiday weekend, and we will talk to you all on Monday. Thank you.